Hello and welcome to the Sports Blitz. Before we start the show today, I want to start by talking about the murder of George Floyd, a Minneapolis resident murdered by a policeman who choked him for almost nine minutes. This made me think back to something I read about the murder of a 28-year-old called Kitty Genovese in the 1960s. An inaccurate report by the New York Times claimed that 38 people saw or heard the attack that led to the death of Kitty Genovese. Now, the report was inaccurate, but as someone who studied philosophy, it got me thinking about whether it's acceptable to stand by and do nothing as others are in danger, as others are struggling. The devastating news of Floyd's death has had reverberations around the sport world, as we will discuss later on. But the point of this monologue is to address those people who tell Jaden Sancho and LeBron James to stick to sports, as they have again done this weekend. It's also for the people who use whataboutery, who when questioned about the murder of George Floyd, point to looting and rioting taking place in cities, or point to other atrocious events that have taken place. I get it. Sports are a great distraction. This show and the corresponding website are what I do to escape from the world. But we all need to talk about it. We all need to talk about racism, its role in society and how to stop it. Laura Woods on TalkSport correctly said that, quote, sport is a reflection of society. It can also shape minds and teach values, end quote. This is what the likes of Jaden Sancho, LeBron James and many more have been doing with their gestures in support of George Floyd and those who fight for a more just society. You don't have to be black to fight racism and you don't have to have the biggest voice to express disapproval of clear wrongdoing. It is the responsibility of all of us to fight the injustices that we face in society, to strive for a better future for everyone. Even here at the Sports Blitz we have an obligation to point out wrong. It's an uncomfortable discussion, one that people don't want to take but one that becomes more and more important as time passes on. Doing nothing is simply not an option. If, when presented with racism, you choose to do nothing, you are aiding it. Simply put, you are someone looking at Kitty Genovese being murdered and choosing not to do something. Racism is wrong. We need to say it and we need to discuss how to stop it. It needs to be in our attention for longer than the protests go on. Otherwise, nothing will change and the cycle will restart. The thoughts of all of us at the Sports Blitz go out to the friends and family of George Floyd in this incredibly difficult time. Our thoughts go out to those who have and continue to suffer from the injustices caused by racism and come with a promise that we will do all we can to fight against it and to stop it. Hello and welcome to the Sports Blitz. Coming up on today's show, Charleston struggled to get players back for the June 20th start date, but not for the reason you're thinking we look at Lee Boyer's startling statement. The NBA and MLB are getting closer, we look at plans for American sports to get back underway. Plus horse racing in the UK, getting a round of applause and a beer designed to mock that's all coming up on Tuesday's Sports Blitz. And obviously, despite what has been going on in the world over the last few days, I hope you're doing okay, personally. I hope you're keeping up. hope you're staying at home and staying safe, as per usual. I, for the most part, I, I avoided social media, which was a very good call. But for the most part, it, it was an okay weekend. I mostly just watched football, as per usual, as you would expect. And I played loads of MLB The Show this weekend and I'm really enjoying it. I find it's a good game to play whilst listening to podcasts. It's one of them games where you can play it and like have something else on as well. It's one of them things you can sort of multitask with in that regard. So yeah, it's it's been a good weekend for me for the most part, but we have to we have to start with that. I feel like 
even if only one person hears that message, it is one, it is a message we have to share. We have an obligation here at the Sports Blitz to do something like that. Anyway, this podcast is dropping on June 2nd, 2020. Remember that the Sports Blitz can be found on Anchor FM, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Breaker, TuneIn and Google Podcasts. And we have a website with great articles and other audio content which can be found at sportsblitzblog.wordpress.com. On the blog this week, we've had the first of our weekly blitzers, which is a new series that we're doing on the Sports Blitz blog, which I'm really excited about. I think it's going to be really good. It's a preview of the week ahead, including some of the games that are worth watching that will be coming up over that week. And it's also got some great stories in as well. It mentions what we're doing on the Sports Blitz as well. So the stories that we mentioned on this week, on the first weekly blitz, we mentioned the driving football, which has been seen in the Czech Republic and is going to be seen in Denmark as well. It might have been actually by the time you're listening to this, I'm not quite sure. And it also, um, we also mentioned Vin Scully, the former commentator for the Los Angeles Dodgers, who might just be the greatest commentator of all time. He's someone I really look up to when it comes to broadcasting. Really someone to learn from. I, w- I hope he does a masterclass or something like that teaches his methods sort of thing because that'd be really good meanwhile also on the blog i dug up my article about fc st paul's inclusion on the uk counter-terrorism list so that's worth a read if you want to listen to it obviously with some of the political news that's happened this weekend and also my quest to find an mlb team to support is finally in article form and ready to be updated when i find a team but we're down to 14 now we started with 30 obviously we're down to 14 and some changes have been made you might remember when we did MLB quest for the first time, which was on episode 13 of the Sports Blitz, that I originally eliminated the Seattle Mariners on the first test at the time. Or, no, it might have been the second test, actually. I can't remember why I posted the first test back then. But, I have obviously re-included them after Dorktown and the Seattle Mariners six-part documentary series that I that made me fall in love with them. Well, not fall in love, but really gain admiration for them and their fans. So, that is still a big possibility. There are 14 teams left, so I want to spend the next couple of weeks getting used to them, getting comfortable with them, seeing if it fits, because I think I'll know when I just are, I'm not meant to support a certain team. And so, that's what the next couple of weeks is going to be for. Finally... The final article I want to mention is why Leeds United need to embrace the peacock and adopt it into their new logo. So this was based on a concept kit and badge from Matt Tams on Twitter. You can find him at Matt Tams. And yeah, it was really good. I I think they need to adopt the peacock. And that's why the article More Peacocks Please is now on the Sports Blitz blog. Anyway, without any more being said, I hope you enjoy episode 29 of the Sports Blitz. And joining me today on the Sports Blitz, Josh and Harry, just like last week. Hello. Hello. Hello there, yeah. Brilliant. How are we all doing? Missing Harvey much better. Yeah, uh, well, I'm sure Harry's uh, suffering from hay fever, but um, doing a lot better for the return of F1, certainly. And uh, the return of a lot of things, actually. Sports seems to be finally kicking itself back into gear, which I'm very pleased about. Outside of the stuff on social media and in the world in general this weekend it, it was a good weekend so yeah you yeah. know apart from the world political upheaval and yeah that yeah very much so 
Okay, let's go into our first story then that came out yesterday. Lee Boyer was on TalkSport and he said that three players are going to refuse to play for Charlton Athletic when the EFL resumes on June 20th. Not for the reason you're thinking, though. Lee Boyer said, quote, Lyle is one of them and that's tough for us and for me as the manager. He's a big player for us. Lyle has said he's not going to play because of risk of injury. Chris Holly has said the same. David Davis, not the former cabinet minister, says he doesn't want to come back and play games. Now... That is, when he says injury, he's obviously not referring to the coronavirus. Lyle Taylor, as Lee Boyer admitted, doesn't want to play because he doesn't want to get injured ahead of a potential, quote, dream move in the summer, end quote. I mean, this is absolutely extraordinary for a player that's just just said to his club, no, nah, I'm not going to play because I'm worried that I'm not going to get the move I want. That's, you know, if this is the context you're talking about, it's ridiculous. Um... You know, with regards to the coronavirus, obviously, I, I there's logic there. I understand that, but just off a risk of injury, it's, that's part and parcel of the game, part and yeah. parcel of your job, your profession. In, uh, I cannot fathom the or, the actual audacity of a, of players to say, okay, we're not coming back because of injury, because you might get a move. Your commitment is first and foremost to your club, and if it's, if this isn't you know fears over a pandemic, and just injury, which is you know again part and parcel of your career and your your contractual obligation to to the club you're playing for it's it's audacious in the extreme and frankly ridiculous yep i mean i think in fairness there has been a couple of stuff that's come out recently saying that um because of a shortened retraining window to get the season up and running um players are at a higher risk of getting injured however steps are being made to prevent that um i believe Chelsea have a club that have submitted the formal application to the Premier League to increase the subs bench from seven to nine. As FIFA have already said, you can have five subs come on during a game as opposed to three to deal with A, the heat, and B, injury worries at this time of year. Um, I can understand his concern that he's you know, supposed to be getting this big move and if he suddenly got injured because of coming back too soon during this coronavirus issue. Yeah, but then again... Every other player is going to be showing how good they are at this time, and you're just sitting there going, I'm not going to play. I'm I mean, not going to play. Yeah, you're not going to get the move. <laughs> further to that for me, and I found the quote I wanted. He said, um, Lee Boyer said, quote, Lyle is so worried about getting injured, he's going to get a life-changing move, end quote. I mean, for me, if I'm a big club looking at Lyle Taylor, and he comes out with this, would you buy him? That's the biggest red flag you could have. Not at all, yeah. Mm. I wouldn't buy him in a million years. It's yep. ironic that it's Charlton because a few years ago we had a group of players at Leeds who refused to play, all citing sickness, despite the fact that no physio or doctor could spot whatever this sickness was. Um, they were called for 6 6. Um, they refused to play against <laughs> Charlton one time. And I said back then they should never they should never play for the club again. Some of them did. And the one of them, I can't remember who it was, was cited to be having a big move that summer and suddenly it disappeared. And it seems to be implied that part of the reason was because he'd refused to play as part of the six six. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. It's it's certainly if you're a club looking at attitude of potential players, it's not what you want to see. I, I do, you know, have a lot of sympathy with Harry's view in that that people aren't more likely to get injured and it's weird because I understand that. I understand you don't want to, you know, if there's high risk injury, you don't want that. But for that fear to then prevent you from, you know, 
doing your job in that way is it, it feels a bit ridiculous and also you know like you say you don't want to be injured because you might be preventing this big money move well is that bigger club going to want you if they if they see that attitude they, they're going to want a player who puts their their body on the line for the course surely yeah i think it'd be a lot more justifiable if he said if he wasn't linked with a big move in the first place but he said i'm worried about getting injured in the opening few weeks i don't think i've had enough time to train and therefore i want to train longer i think we should push the start date back whatever but it's the fact that he says i'm worried of playing because i could get injured which could hamper a big move in the summer i think that's the part where it suddenly goes from genuine concern to i don't care about this club it's all about me very much so that's sort of where my my sympathy ends truth be told. yeah i mean we've seen players worry about coming back obviously for very different reasons and we've given sympathy to them because it's understandable but it, it's as soon as he's put on he puts on which could hamper my big money move that's when, for me, all sympathy alarm is lost. Alarm bells ring, yeah. Yeah, alarm bells start ringing, indeed. I mean, to be honest, you just say as a club, well, then we won't select you. Well, yeah, but if it's Charlton, that's not really a problem for Lyle Taylor. It would have to be one of the clubs linked with him. We're going, whoa, we are not interested in this sort of behaviour at our football club. Yeah. That would change. And quite frankly, I mean, Rangers are, are one of the teams who are linked. Why you would move to Rangers when you could get a potential move to the Premier League in maybe a year or two? It's beyond my range of thinking, but I'm not Lyle Taylor. Glasgow, I hear, is lovely. But, do you know, I've completely forgot what I was going with that. <laughs> um, a Glasgow dig, maybe? Yeah, a Glasgow dig. Do you know Chicken Tikka Masala? Uh, sorry, do you know Tikka Masala was invented in Glasgow? Birmingham. No, it's Glasgow. I think Bolsey was Birmingham. Yeah. A guy had a masala chicken in Gla- in a restaurant in Glasgow and he wanted it saucier and so the chef <laughs> put in some tomatoes and created a tikka masala. Nice. Yeah. There's your fun fact for the day. That's a fun fact for the day. But anyway, yeah, I remembered where I was going now. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's not really been Charlton's year, has it? Or last few years. Obviously, they've wanted to take over uh, to get Roland Chatelet out of the club. They get East Street Investments. It turns out East Street Investments are just as bad. Then Lawrence Brasini tries to take over, and we all know Lawrence Brasini and his, we'll say, character issues. And then suddenly, in the midst of a relegation battle, three of your, well, two of your better players and David Davis. Um, say that they're not interested in playing for the club anymore. I mean, this is absolute nightmare stuff. For I mean, it's not been anyone's year, but yeah. it's really not been Charles. It really has hasn't. Has it? I really feel for them, honestly. I mean, they're a lovely small community club. You know, helps serve the local area. Beloved by their fans, and they're just being kicked in the dirt again. Okay, let's move on then, and let's move on to Formula One because. Formula One is back. Cue that F1 theme tune that we can't play due to copyright reasons. <laughs> Yay. Yay, indeed. Dun, dun, dun. And that's all I can do. It honestly have to be seemed at some now, point that we wouldn't have it back, but you know. Hmm. So yeah. we've got the first eight races of the 2020 season now. First of all, Austria will start on the 5th of July. These are for race days, not the start of practice obviously Austria starts on the 3rd of July but the race is on the 5th of July then we have Austria again on the 12th Hungary on the 19th 
Britain on the 2nd of August and the 9th of August, Spain on the 16th of August, Belgium on the 30th of August, and then Italy on the 6th of September. So, we have Formula 1 back. I'm assuming that one of us who may be known for following Formula 1 a lot is more happy than the rest of us. Unfortunately, Will isn't here, so we can't get his opinion now. Harry, <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you make of this? It's, it's great to see Formula 1's back. Um... Very happy with the races we've got. I think we've got some very good racetracks on there, except Spain. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. My only disappointment is that we have two races at the same track twice. You know, I think yeah. that's a bit of a a bummer. I think we missed. I think Formula One maybe missed a trick there in trying to move a race back to Hockenheim for the season. But since Germany seems to be streaks ahead of everybody else at the mm. moment. Um, I think a race in France was out of the question anyway. Um, At least with all the runoff air, you can really, you know, do total distancing of a circuit pull the card. Mm, You can, very much so. Um, Yeah, bit of a shame. Um, Just looking around, I think Austria is a very nice track, but it it can be quite boring at times. But it has produced some good races recently. Um, in particular with Red Bull doing quite well in recent years, which is quite surprising because they really shouldn't. But that's usually because Mercedes break down or Ferrari decide to not show up. And Charlotte Clerk got shoved off the track this time, but last time, but hmm. that was a different story. Um, then Great Britain twice. I mean, it is one of the Silverstone is one of the best tracks in the world, whether it's a Formula One track or any track. So it's great to see that there twice. However, I just feel like, you know, with all these races that we're looking at, it's going to favour some teams in particular, i.e. the teams that do well at Austria and Silverstone. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, a bit 50-50, but obviously I'm glad to see everything's coming back and we can see Williams keeping up the rear for as long as they like. Yeah, so, well... Yeah. We'll talk about Williams then, because obviously Williams were put up for sale this week as well. Uh, there's been more, there's been more talk about that. Claire Williams talking about the crowdfunding efforts that have been put forward by members of the Formula One community. I did find R Dash Formula One saying, "Oh, should we sponsor Williams?" Which I I think was a joke, for the record. That's for Reddit. Sorry? That's a subreddit for Formula One. R Dash Formula One. Are we a hundred percent sure this is? It was a yeah, funny idea, in all fairness. I liked it. What do we think is the future of Williams, then? Well, they've already lost a sponsor, because I believe Rocket has... Pulled out, sponsorship. yeah. Yeah, so... That's just helping, isn't it? Yeah, we were talking about this last week, and I think ugh, their, their way out is either a complete buyout or a sub-buyout, whereby a major team that wants to come into the sport joins up with Williams in the same sense that hmm. BMW did a couple of sorry BMW was um, Sauber yeah but um, they did supply Williams for a bit they did but uh, more like sorry um, wasn't it Toyota Williams for a bit I think it was because obviously Honda was its own team so it was Toyota Williams for a bit when and, uh, 2006 no it wasn't there Cosworth in 2006 Williams I'm pretty sure it was Cosworth. Because I remember having F1 Championship Edition. Toyota Williams. 
the Williams Toyota. Tell you what, though, you've got to keep the Williams name in Formula One. You do yeah, definitely have so. to. Um, I mean, not only because it just market, marketing wise, it just makes sense. No yeah, one's, so, no one's going to care about your Stefan GP when you could have had Williams instead. It's just, it's better to market. I, I, I say, I, I act like my marketing internship gives me all the marketing knowledge in the world. Hello, PC Miss, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's, it is, sorry. yeah. So it was is. 2007 that it was uh, Williams Toyota. That makes more um, sense because I knew it was Cosworth in 2006. Yeah. It was also like at the beginning of the days of Red Bull, it was Red Bull Sauber. It's actually two yeah. teams we recognise now. It's quite big teams, although Sauber is now Alfa Romeo. Um, two teams under the same banner. And it's probably a good way of a new team trying to break into the sport, really. Mm. Um, I've also suggested that, you know, actually, sorry, a team like Audi would do quite well to do that if they wanted to come into the sport. Um, but I don't know if they will. Um, but I also think it'd be a good option for, for a team like Mercedes to grow their profile more and yeah. introduce a second team of theirs into Formula One that'll be more competitive. Um, so they can grow their academy drivers a bit more. Um, I'll be honest. Basically, basically giving George Russell a better car to yeah. drive. I, mean, I don't care what they say. I want BMW Williams back. I don't care what BMW say. I just don't care. I just want BMW back. BMW Williams. Be brilliant. Anyway, let's go on then to our next story. And we're going to do a bit of COVID catch-up. Yay. So... <laughs> First of all, the NBA is planning a Thursday vote of the Board of Governors with an expectation that the owners will approve Adam Silver's recommendation on a format to restart the season in Orlando. That coming to us via ESPN. Obviously, the most floated around, most heavily proposed um, restart would be at Disney World in Orlando. Obviously, they've got the... What do we call it? The NBA experience? I always I always forget. But it's got several professional-sized basketball courts. It'll be very easy to carry out the season there. Meanwhile, Boston Mayor Marty Walsh has announced that the Boston Marathon has been cancelled. It would it had previously been postponed until September. We finally, guys, I can't believe this, we finally got to see Dynamo Dresden play football. Hooray! I know you're all super giddy. They're, of course, we're in two-week quarantine after the announcement that football would be returning. It wasn't a great start for them. They lost 2-0 at home to Stuttgart, which keeps them at the bottom of the Svei Bundesliga. They are now eight points away from safety with eight games to go. So, awesome. Good for them. Meanwhile, it's all been kicking off at Major League Baseball again. The MLBPA, the Major League Baseball Players Association, earlier this week proposed a new format for the season that would have 114 games between June 30th and October 31st, a two-year expanded playoff, no reduction in salary at all for the players, but there would be up to, not even like on a per-game basis with five it's going to be a short season, but up to $100 million in deferrals if the postseason is cancelled or shortened, and an opt-out for all players if they don't want to take part. This quite clearly did not go down too well with Major League Baseball because after a heated meeting, 
Major League Baseball said it's considering playing around 50 games instead in 2020, unless the players agree to further reduce their pay, which is a very interesting move. According to Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic, is not yet planning to present an idea to the Players Association, which stands in accordance with MLB's thinking on the matter. Which, yeah, it's all... Mm, MLB has never felt so far away. Finally, in COVID catch-up, Leeds United have been allowed to start contact training today with permission from EFL. It's also known that several other clubs have been given the same permission after filling out a risk assessment, though it is not known if all clubs have been allowed to resume contact training for this reason. Let's go through some of the Bundesliga action from the week, and then we'll start at the Valtins Arena. Schalke 0, Werder Bremen 1. I think it's fair to say none of us saw this coming. Leandro Bittencourt with quite a good finish into the top corner against Schalke, the only goal of the game. I mean, there's only one place we can really start with this. Should David Wagner be fired? Can I say something? I actually expected that to happen. I thought Schalke were going to lose. I, I thought Bremen were going to win that game. That's why I decided, all right, actually, it's not so bad. That I'm not I was lenient. I was going to go with a draw. Oh, I was backing a Bremen win. But, I mean, this is absolutely stunningly awful for David oh, Wagner yeah. at this point. Yep. Oh, it's terrible. Um, I mean, what could go worse than getting relegated now? I mean, it, it's a long shot. Yeah, I don't think they could. <laughs> well, I'm not sure whether it's but... come to that, but like, I think no, Alex made a really good point. Clear with five games to go. Alex, you did make a really good point uh, in earlier editions of this by saying the problems at Schalke, they're not just down to the manager. Probably yeah. should he go? Probably Spot. yes, but. Is that going to solve the issues? I don't think so. It's institutional at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, sold, they sold what they call a current good crop of young players that they brought through the ranks. And then the players that have come through afterwards are useless by comparison. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think, who do they... Nico Schultz, they sold last summer to Borussia Dortmund for £30 million or whatever. Um, Leroy Sane was part of that crop. They sold a load of players. Leon Goretzka, for goodness sake. But three very good players that they sold. And they're losing their star goalkeeper, who mm. they've had many arguments with. I can't remember his name. Alexander Neubau. Yes, Neubau. He's off to Munich. Destroyer of attackers. Yep. On football <laughs> um, manager. He is off. So they're losing all their best players. But other than Caliguri, I can't think of many good Schalke players on the pitch. And he was not good at the weekend either. Mm. Um, I, I wanted to keep on Schalke for a bit but I, I don't think there should have been a side who should be competing for Europe in the first place when you look at them on paper but at the same time whilst 10th would have been underwhelming at the start of the year I think the way they started with some people calling them title contenders which was stupid in the first place but still calling them title contenders and then for them to fall like this is, is fascinating and it yeah, like like I've said, I think it asks big questions not only of David Wagner but everyone in that upper management at Schalke. Yeah, I mean, I did hear that they were at the top of the table for a little bit, and I was like, "What, really? When yeah. did I miss this?" Um, but when you looked at the two teams on the pitch, one team turned up and wanted the win; the other team didn't turn up and didn't look at all interested in winning the game. Yeah. The only difference was at the end of the game, Bremen were pumped 
And they were like, this is good. This is brilliant for our chances now. And Schalke were just like, what? What? This is terrible. How is this all falling to pieces? Mm. Falling to pieces? Where do Schalke go from here? I don't know. Because I have no I was, idea. At the end of the game, the players were just sitting down on the pitch as if they'd just been mm. knocked out of the cup. Yeah. In all it fairness, they looked weird. better in the second half, but they that's did. not saying much. They, they came out strongly, but it was a very good goal, as we said, from Bremen. Uh, left-footed shot from the right side, outside the box, to the top left-hand corner. Was a, I can't remember who it was by. It was not by Leandro Bittencourt. Yeah, it wasn't Rashitza, who I thought has been very good for them in the past couple of games, because um, I've been following Bremen a little bit just to see if they can perform the great escape again. Um... They have one game in hand as well, actually. I'm looking at the table now. They're playing, I think, tomorrow night uh, because their game against Leipzig got or another team got postponed due to Europa League commitments. Actually, it might have been Eintracht Frankfurt. Yes, it was versus Frankfurt. Well, yeah, do we do we rate Werder Bremen's chances of surviving now? 100%. 100%. Yeah, I think they've thrown themselves right back in the mix and they yeah. really, really need that win. They got it, so... Yeah, no, I, I, think that, I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, two points behind Dusseldorf with a game in hand and three behind Mainz with a game in hand. We'll quickly go on to some of the other interesting games from the weekend. Bayern Munich 5, Fortuna Dusseldorf 0. Matthias Jorgensen, the former Huddersfield town man, and another one, getting an own goal to open Bayern to go To be honest, you don't need to give Bayern Munich help at the moment. And then goals coming from Pavard, Lewandowski twice, and the most hilarious goal I think I've ever seen in my entire life. From Alfonso Davis, what exactly was going on with that defending? I. It's very generous I, of you to call it defending. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Meanwhile, of course, I've got to give a shout out to my favourite team, St. Pauli, drawing one with Karlsruhe. Sorry, in the five Bundesliga, Dimitris Diamantikos, destroyer of worlds and defences, finally scoring for the first time since the Bundesliga. Um, had its little or five hundred league had its little break. Ben Hatria missing a penalty or Ben Hatira, I can never remember how to say his name, missing a penalty. And then they scored. Boo. Okay, we're going to Sunday's games then, and I believe we want to start with Pedro one Dortmund six. Yep, that was just an easy game to watch to be fair. You just saw lots and lots of goals. Was it Jaden Sancho's first career hat trick, I believe? Yes it was. Um obviously the statement of uh him and Hakimi both wearing Justice for George Floyd uh, under their playing tops. Um, it was just a rout. Dortmund looked stunning on the attack. Uh, didn't look amazing on defence, to be honest. And yeah, that's probably why Paderborn thought they could get back in the game a bit with that one. Emre Chan basically just handballed it when he slid in to block a ball. And it was absolutely carbon copy of what wasn't given a penalty the week before in their match against Bayern Munich when Jerome Boateng stuck out his arm even more to stop the ball. So it was ridiculous to see that, but um, a good performance from Dortmund. Okay, and we have a few seconds to mention FC Clone 2, Rassenball Sport, Leipzig 4. That was a, a great fit, uh, performance from Leipzig, especially the attacking end. Christopher Kunku scoring, Danny Olmo, Timo Werner, obviously, and the other guy, Patrick Shake scored as well. I think that's how you say his name. Goals for um, Juan Cordoba and Anthony Modest for Cologne. What a finish from Modest. That ball. I... Woo! Honestly. Mm. I did see that. That was quite Came out as fast as it went in. Yep. 
That's impressive. Anyway, final thing to mention before we move on then, and that is the fact that horse racing has returned to Britain. We had Newcastle racing yesterday. Yeah. I don't know what more there is to say. It looked uh, like horse we... racing for the most part. Are we going to mention the uh, very famous leisure that took place in France? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll come, we're going to come on to that later. <laughs> well, actually, let's go on to it now, because today's feature is all about horse racing. Now, for those of you who don't know, and unless you hack into our social media, then you won't know, Harry yesterday showed a, what's we'll a lack of horse racing knowledge, kind of similar to my knowledge on cricket, apparently. And so, what I decided to do today is we're going to have a quiz, and it's all about horse racing in Britain. No <laughs> cheating. So, how are we feeling going into the quiz? I have a feeling I might not come last. <laughs> well, there's, well, that would mean you come first, because there are two of you. Fair point. I mean, I've, I've written the question, so it'd be a bit boring if I enter. Anyway, let's let's get straight underway then. So obviously horse racing is back in the UK. We've got 10 questions on British horse racing. I really have no clue how many they're going to get. I think, personally, that they're relatively easy. I've not gone for who won the 1970 Gold Cup. I don't know. It's nothing like that. So That was David Beckham, wasn't it? It, it wasn't, actually. Oh, no, okay. it wasn't. No. Well, I find I'm shocked. <laughs> Turns out David Beckham is not a horse. Right, let's start then. Horse racers are measured in what? Length. Furlongs. I mean, I was going to say, ask for your answers one at a time, but... Javi? I think the entire race actually is me measured in furlongs, but it's the end is measured in lengths. And Josh? I, I would have said furlongs, but now I am so unsure. Okay, so I'm going to give you both a point. It's actually measured in miles and furlongs. So, for example, I, I can't remember the exact measurement, but the, but the Grand National is three miles, two furlongs sort of thing. Okay. So cool. that is how you measure a horse race. I think you can also go really specific and put in like yards afterwards, but... You don't really need to. And a race can just, if it's short enough, be measured in furlongs. So, um, you know, you know, you're really short base to have literally just coming down like the home straight. It, it yeah. will just be a like four or five furlong race. Anyway, let's go on to the next question then. Can you name the five horse racing classics in the UK? If you can name the three locations, that will be acceptable. So, Harry yeah. went first last time. Josh is going first this time. Uh, okay. Um, locations, I think I'll have uh, better success with. Um, gonna go with uh, Aintree, um, Cheltenham, and uh, Epsom. Okay. And I was going to go with Aintree, which is the Grand National, Cheltenham, which is the first one of the season, I think, Epsom Derby, Royal Ascot. Uh, and there's going to be one more for five. Um, is York one? And you're going York as well. So you went Aintree, Epsom, Cheltenham. Ascot, Cheltenham, and, and York. York. Well, you both got one point. 
the five races themselves are the 2,000 guineas and the 1,000 guineas, which are both held at Newmarket. Then the Epsom Oaks and the Epsom Derby, which are both held at Epsom. And then the St. Legier, as you call it, which is held at Doncaster. Those are the five classics in the horse racing world. If you win at Newmarket, Epsom and Doncaster in one year, you win the Triple Crown as well, which is our Triple Cus Crown. Cusack Brown, let's go win the Triple Crown. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we've kind of mentioned it already, but question three, the Gold Cup was the last major horse racing event in the UK. Where does it take place? And Harry goes first. Cheltenham. And Josh? Cheltenham. Yep, Cheltenham is, of course, the correct answer, which, is also had, which has also had one of the big coronavirus hotspots as a result of the Gold Cup being held in March. So, well done. South Asia. Oh, yes, the consequences of people's actions. The easy questions don't stop. Which race course is host of a Grand National? Aintree. Aintree. Yep, Aintree is absolutely correct. You're absolutely flying through these questions now. Come on, boys. Right, we question were five. We're racing. Speaking of the Grand National, how many times did Red Rum win it? Three. How's going three? Four. Josh is going for. Harry is right. Red Rum won the Grand National three times. I thought it was Sa a mistake. <laughs> I thought it was a mistake to say it so early because I thought your confidence would have tipped Josh off to that being the right answer. No, he won the Grand National in 1973, 1974, and 1977. I believe he also came second twice, if I remember. How does a horse do that many Grand Nationals? Some horses By don't being survive very good. Yes, but you do realise how many horses die at the Grand National. Yes, but he was very good, being the key difference. Y Red yes. Rum won the National three times. Which of these horses has never won the event? Ballabriggs, Tiger Roll, Sunny Hill Boy, or Neptune Collange? Slow, slow it down and repeat. Red Rum won the National three times, but which of these horses has never won the event? Ballabriggs, Tiger Roll, Sunny Hill Boy... Or Neptune Collange. I think that's how you say it. The middle two ring bells. Um, what was the last one, sorry? Neptune Collange. I'm going to go with Neptune. Well, but that is a shot in the dark, though. I'm going to go with Tiger... Was it Tiger Roll? Tiger Roll. Um, just to make sure... You know, I'd said never won the event. So, Tiger Roll for Harry. Neptune Collange for Josh sure right so Ballabriggs won the grand national in 2011 if i remember correctly can't remember off the top of my head now because he was the first horse that i backed in the national my uh, my, <laughs> I, my dad asked me who to put money on and i, I said Ballabriggs, and he was very happy when it weird was flex correct. but okay <laughs> well the only reason i went for him is that on daybreak the day before do you remember daybreak they said the, the the most horses to have won the national have eleven letters in their name, and so I went for Ballabriggs on the ground. He has eleven letters in his name, and he won. <laughs> There's a method right. of madness. Harry said Tiger Roll. Tiger Roll has just won the national in back-to-back -back years, and is being considered any a grand national hero. This was going to be his chance to win the national for the third year in a row if it had gone ahead this year. Didn't. Right. So that was the most wrong of the answers. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, Neptune Clonch and Sunny Hill Boy were both in the 2012 National. We mentioned this on the Sports Blitz a while back. In the closest National finish ever, 
Neptune Colonge won by a no. Sonny ah. Hillboy was actually the correct answer, so neither of you get points there. Anyway, we all live in York, or have lived in York. I want to go back. And it's host to one of its famous races known as the Ebor. Which month of the year does the Ebor take place in? August. Um, I went to this, I'm trying to remember when. Um, I want to say June. You're saying June, Harry is saying August. It takes place in August, Harry Ooh. is correct. I remember I was I the last time it was ran in twenty nineteen I, I can't remember why but I was going back to Doncaster and you could barely move in York. It was fantastic. I loved it. Anyway, question eight. Which of these is not a famous jockey on the British circuit? By the way, the scores Harry six, Josh four. Oh which of these is so not <laughs> Which of these is not a famous jockey on the British circuit? Lester Piggott? Simon Yates, Frankie Tatori, Tony McCoy. What were the first is this is this currently? No, no, they've. I'm gonna go with Simon Yates. Simon Yates. It's either it's either Simon Yates or Tatori, and I have a funny feeling like Tatori sounds like a motorcyclist name, but yeah, I'm gonna go with Simon Yates as well. Simon Yates as well. Three of them are horse racers. One of them. Is the cyclist for Mitchelton Scott Simon Yates is a is a cyclist, not a horse racer. He won the white okay. jersey in 2017 in the Tour de France. So that was I, I wanted to go for someone who was obvious but not obvious enough. So I wasn't going to go for Bradley Wiggins because that would have been stupid. Yeah, but he yeah, rides something, doesn't he? So yeah, a bicycle. Mm. Anyway, question nine: The Queen is a notable. Look, by the way, Josh, you need to get both right with Harry getting both wrong now. The Queen mm. is a notable lover of horse racing. Where are her racehorses based? Uh, Sandringham. Sandringham. I was going to say Sandringham as well. Sandringham is correct. I will actually ask a bonus point here. What do all of the Queen's jockeys wear? Like the colours? No idea. I'm going to guess royal blue. Red and... I, I'm, I'm not going to give a point for that, it's not clear enough, but they wear purple, scarlet, and gold. So, anyway, final question then. And it was a million pound question on who wants to be a millionaire, which is quite Ooh. surprising. Because okay. I'll be honest, I thought it was a bit <coughs> simple. <coughs> Sorry. And by the way, Josh, can I just say I'm a bit nervous with you coughing? It was intentional. Anyway. So, which of these is not one of the American Triple Crown horse racers? I decided to change the last question of the last second. So, actually, not all of these questions are about British horse racing. But, which of these is not one of the American Triple Crown horse racers? A, the Arlington Million. B, the Belmont Stakes. C, the Kentucky Derby. Or D, the Preakness Stakes. I'm going to go with D, the last one there. The Preakness Stakes. Yeah. Yeah, same. I'll be honest, you, neither of you were clearly listening to what I said before we started the show, because I was saying, all of the all of the stuff for on this day was about the Preakness Stakes. I was really not interested. Oh. The Preakness Stakes Wait. is one of the Triple Crown. It's the Arlington Million that isn't. Okay. So, anyway. you recognise the Kentucky Derby. 
yeah, the final scores on the final doors. Harry 8, Josh 6. So, Harry, actually, despite not knowing where the ledger is, is the yes. bigger horse racing expert. Well done. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's a real up yours, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see how I recover from this. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. I think you retire. I, I yeah. think you, you just have to retire. Okay, I apologise for the noise of the background if it flares back up again, but I'm recording this at about eight o'clock at night and therefore i can't really complain it's a very sunny night and everyone is outside in their back gardens for the record and following government regulations i hope anyway let's go on to news in brief and ac milan are interested in signing burnley midfielder jeff hendricks for free transfer at the end of the season oh how the mighty have fallen can you imagine this back in 2010 i know i couldn't have the MGM in Las Vegas has submitted proposals to the NHL showcasing its ability to host games in Sin City. The NHL's return to play plans including hoping for two host cities to be able to carry the league through the postseason. Ten cities are currently under consideration including Vegas. Alex Bregman has called for the KKK to be declared a terrorist organisation. The KKK is some, still somehow not a terrorist organisation despite a shorthand for anti-fascism being one which isn't even an organisation in the first place and I'll be honest, the only reason I brought this up is to mention that the Houston Astro did a good thing, so well done to the Houston Astros, we bash them a lot on the sports but as we will do in about 10 seconds, but it's really nice to see Alex Bregman being a responsible grown up at something, so very nice, genuinely, non-sarcastically well done to Alex Bregman Meanwhile, a brewery in New Jersey has created a new beer to mock the Houston Astros after their sign-stealing scandal. Departed Souls Brewing has made an IPA called Trash Can Banger, and the can is designed to look like the Astros' uniforms of the 1970s. See, I told you it would only last 10 seconds. A Japanese app will allow fans to remotely cheer for their team in the stadium. The app has multiple options for cheering, booing and chanting and is connected to in-stadium speakers. The atmosphere can get louder or quieter depending on how many people are pressing a specific button at any one time. PSG have now officially signed Mauro Riccardi on a permanent deal from Inter Milan, worth £45 million with £6.2 million in potential add-ons. Riccardi has been on loan with PSG all season and has 12 goals in 20 games. Manchester United have extended the loan of Odin Igalo until January 2021. Igalo moved to the Red Devils from Shanghai Shenhua on deadline day, where he will be signing a contract extension until 2024 for £400,000 a week. Fox Sport Australia has issued an apology for a digitally manipulated image of Adolf Hitler, shown during the Sunday Night with Matty Johns programme. The image of Hitler came on during a segment that focused on the cardboard cutouts that are being used on some seats in stadiums in the NRL. Macclesfield Town have been issued with a further misconduct charge from the EFL with relation to unpaid wages due in March. The club say they will vehemently appeal these charges. Ralph Hassenhutel has signed a contract extension to remain at Southampton until 2024. Hassenhutel joined Southampton from Rassenball Sport Leipzig in 2018. Matty Longstaff has been offered a lucrative contract from Udinese according to Sky Sports. Matty Longstaff of course being the Newcastle United midfielder. And finally, one of my favourite stories I think we've ever done on the Sports Split. This is absolutely fantastic. 
Len Dykstra's lawsuit against former Mets player and commentator Ron Darling has been thrown out. Dykstra sued Darling for defamation and intentional infliction of emotional distress after Darling's autobiography claimed that Dykstra shouted racial slurs at Red Sox pitcher Dennis Olcan Boyd before Boyd took the mound in a 1986 World Series game. The suit has been thrown out as the judge ruled it was impossible to libel Dykstra due to how bad the former Mets' reputation is. In the written verdict, the judge ruled, quote, based on the paper submitted on this motion prior to the publication of the book, Dykstra was infamous for being, among other things, racist, misogynist and anti-gay, as well as a sexual predator, a drug abuser, a thief and an embezzler. Further, Dykstra had a reputation, largely due to his autobiography, of being willing to do anything to benefit himself and his team, including using steroids and blackmailing umpires. Considering this information, which was presumably known to the average reader of the book, this court finds that, as a matter of law, the reference in the book has not exposed Dijkstra to any further public contempt, ridicule, aversion or disgrace, or evil opinion of him in the minds of right-thinking persons or deprivation of friendly intercourse in society. End quote. That has to be one of the best stories we've ever told on the Sports Blitz. That's absolutely fantastic. I love it. It's brilliant. Now, we said at the top of the show that we'll be going back to reporting on George Floyd, and that's what we're going to do now. So, first of all, Schalke footballer Weston McKenney wore an armband paying tribute to George Floyd in Saturday's match against Werder Bremen. McKenney wrote on Twitter, quote, To be able to use my platform to bring attention to a problem that has been going on too long feels good. We have to stand up for what we believe in, and I believe it is time that we are heard. McKenney, originally from America, has been at Schalke since 2016. Jaden Sancho's celebration for his goal against Paderborn of the weekend also came with a message of support for George Floyd. Dortmund ran out 6-1 winners against Paderborn on Sunday, with Sancho getting his first ever career hat-trick. FIFA have urged competition organisers to use, quote, common sense, end quote, when considering whether to punish players for protesting against the death of George Floyd during matches. The Golden State Warriors released a statement on Saturday condemning racism and asking for people to fight for a more just society. On Twitter, they wrote, quote, We condemn in no uncertain terms racism and violence perpetrated against members of the black community, and we call on all people to channel their justifiable anger into creating a more just and equitable society. Colin Kaepernick has said he'll provide financial assistance to protesters in Minneapolis who need legal representation. The former 49ers quarterback said on Twitter, In fighting for liberation, there's always retaliation. We must protect our freedom fighters. Meanwhile, a few quotes from a few other people around professional sports. Michael Jordan said, quote, I stand with those who are calling out the ingrained racism and violence towards people of colour in our country. We have had enough. Meanwhile, Greg Popovich, the head coach of the San Antonio Spurs and general manager, said, quote, The thing that strikes me is that we all see this police violence and racism, and we've seen it all before, but nothing changes. That's why these protests have been so explosive. But without leadership and an understanding of what the problem is, there will never be change. And white Americans have avoided reckoning with this problem forever, because it's been our privilege to be able to avoid it. That also has to change. Lewis Hamilton put up a long post on Instagram and Twitter that ended with, unfortunately, America is not the only place where racism lives and we continue to fail as humans when we cannot stand up for what is right. Please do not sit in silence, no matter the colour of your skin, black lives matter. Marcus Rashford said, I know you guys haven't heard from me in a few days. I've been trying to process what is going on in the world. 
At a time I've been asking people to come together, work together and be united, we appear to be more divided than ever. People are hurting and people need answers. Steve Nash said, quote, This is a white problem. How are we Caucasian people going to create equality? Listen, read, walk in others' shoes, organise, sacrifice, change, support, vote. These are the minimum of reparations. Donovan Mitchell said, your silence speaks volumes. LeBron James said, why doesn't America love us too? Russell Wilson, the Seahawks quarterback, said, I ask, what do you really want? Do you want your kids to go to school without fear? Do you want your grandchildren to have a dream? I want my kids and your kids to have a dream they can earn, earn with hard work, love and compassion for others. However, I hope and pray their dreams and opportunities aren't blocked by fears and pain caused by racism. We are called to love. The community that we all share is that God created for us to all to love. We can make a change. We must make a change. Black lives matter. God loves colour. He loves us all. He loves you. He loves me. That was from Russell Wilson. There have also been multiple teams coming out against racist abuse in America. Liverpool and Man United were notable for taking a knee. Leeds United, St. Pauli and many other clubs, uh, so many other clubs have been involved in the blackout. Meanwhile, earlier on today, West Brom put up a picture on social media saying, Together we are stronger with hashtag Blackout Tuesday. And somebody asked, called this pathetic and asked West Brom to cancel his season ticket. West Brom responded with, You won't be missed. And that is a main main point here, is that racism should not be missed and those who are racist should not be missed. Anyway, let's go on to On This Day then. And in 1883, the first baseball game is played under lights in Fort Wayne, Indiana. In 1920, Tex Scram is born. Scram spent nine years as an executive with the Los Angeles Rams, but is most known for his 29 years as general manager of the Dallas Cowboys, helping to lead them to two Super Bowls. In 1925, Lou Gehrig of the New York Yankees starts his run of 2,130 consecutive games with an 8-5 win over the Washington Senators. In 1935, Babe Ruth, playing for the Boston Braves, announces his retirement from baseball. In his career, Ruth won the World Series seven times and hit 714 home runs, only bested by Barry Bonds and Hank Aaron. In 1942, Ted Williams announces he's enlisting as a U.S. Navy aviator. After returning from the war, Williams would play for the Red Sox for a further 14 years. In 1971, in the European Cup final being held at Wembley, Ajax beat Panathinaikos 2-0 for their first of three straight wins. In 1988, Sergio Aguero is born. Aguero has spent time with Independiente and Atletico Madrid, but is most known for his nine years with Manchester City, where, to date, he has played 261 times, scoring 180. His most important goal, of course, being that one against QPR to give City their first league title in 44 years. He has also been capped 97 times by Argentina, scoring 41. OK, let's move on then, and Harry has some cricket news. Yep, and the ECB have announced that they will play three tests against the West Indies in July behind closed doors. First test starting on July the 8th at the Aegeus Bowl, which is Hampshire, um, or just Southampton. And then two tests um, from July 16th and July 24th, respectively, at Old Trafford in Manchester. Um, I guess that's very good news for me, because then I won't be bored. Um, but also for the West Indies, who have been desperate to tour England, um, because they love touring England. Um, so, yeah, that's very good news from cricket. 
Okay, thank you, Harry, and let's move on, Ben, to the two-minute drill. And first of all, should the second race at Silverstone be called the Welsh Grand Prix? The what? what? It, it, was, it came up by uh, one of my favourite sports Twitter um, users, Chainbear, who you no. might have seen on YouTube, no. said the second race would be called the Welsh Grand Prix, no. which I am all for, or the Scottish no. Grand Prix. But why? No. Because it's not it's funny. the English Grand Prix, it's the Grand Prix of Great Britain. It'd be funny. Okay, the Irish Grand Prix. Try telling that to Paddy. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, what is your game of the week? Types furiously. Ferdinand uh, I mean, I... Bremen, Eintracht Frankfurt, I think will be a great game. I guess if there's any game that stands out. For me, it's probably Armenia Bielefeld versus Nuremberg in the Spy Bundesliga. I'm going to go with Dortmund Hertha. I think that could shape up to be quite a good one. Interesting. Anyway, is the Dry Liga, Germany's third tier, now the most fascinating league in Europe? Yes. Every team is involved in either the promotion race or the battle against relegation. Except for them two say? at the bottom. Yeah. What did you say the stats were? Something like. Was it six or seven teams all on within about two points or three points of each other? Uh, yeah, there's, I believe, six teams within three points of the top and 11 teams within five points. Well, then that is ridiculous levels of competition and you love to see it. Absolutely. I, I am actually now fascinated. I'm going to try and watch a game tomorrow between... Oh, no, tonight, sorry. Between the Würzburger Kickers, who I admitted are my favourite team ever now based on their name, and Magdeburg. Anyway, next question. Ticket. If you could rebrand any aspect of your team, what would it be? It wouldn't be like Hayes Verona have done and rebranded their logo. No, no, it wouldn't. But actually, mine would be a rebrand of the logo because the logo is bad. I love the logo of Leeds United. That's it's good. absolutely dreadful. It is the worst thing. What would I rebrand? I guess you could rebrand Yokohama Tires for a better sponsor. Hmm. But oh, yeah, and Tate Ferdinand's too red off, obviously. But next year, Chelsea are going to have free mobile, which actually I think will look quite good. Mm. I've seen the concept designs for that. It's quite good. Yeah. Um, with United, where do you start? Um, <laughs> I think well, I would just get rid bad. of the some of the more shameless you know, sponsorship stuff, like you know, the way we're branded, especially you know, in the Far East, is bordering on comical. And yeah, but it brings in tons of money. I mean, it does, but we've lost yeah. us. I mean, I was going to say we've lost our soul. Like that's not completely obvious. But just, Ooh. I just, I'd rein in some of the more absolutely ridiculous commercial aspects yeah. of it. Like I, I understand. Yeah, I would get rid of Ineos all over Mercedes car. It shouldn't have red on. The only mm. red that should be on a Mercedes is a tribute to Nicky Lauda. End of. Yeah. Sure. And for me, like I said, I scrap the betting logo. Though it looks like we're getting it Qatar Airways instead. Yay. Yay. And then I would scrap that mm, logo. That's the only way I can describe it. And replace it with the peacock design that has been mentioned on the sportsblitzblog.wordpress.com. Go and read more peacocks, please. It's a very good article. I can't remember who... Um, I'm going to give a shout-out to the guy who created the logo redesign. Uh, Matt Tams on Twitter, at Matt Tams. He, he put in a really good logo. Anyway, final question. If you could add any particular noise to the Japanese fan app that's been in the news, which we mentioned earlier, what would it be? Mine would be the referee's a... The what? He's, he's a what, sorry? I'm not saying it. <laughs> or, uh, if it's Leeds, the football league's corrupt. 
I do. You know, uh, a, a fair few uh, football clubs when the goalkeeper runs up to take. Uh, oh. Go- oh, you! I've got ah. brilliant. Ah. Yeah. What would I have in a fan noise app? Um, I know for Chelsea, whenever a goal is scored, either they play it over the loudspeakers or someone with a big hammer kicks or hits some metal in the stadium, and it just so the just sound sounds... of metal being hit. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. I, I I'll be honest. I didn't expect that to be your answer, but it's what a good one. It's a nice one. I like it. And anyway, that's all the time we have on today's Sports Blitz. Thank you for listening. My thanks go to Harry and Josh for joining me. The intro and end music for Sports Blitz was provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. We're back with a podcast edition of the Sports Blitz on Saturday at 5am. Until then, I've been Alex Woodward and don't just have a good week like the best play in NFL history. Have an immaculate one. Goodbye.